Welcome to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. Boy, oh boy, we have a bit of a doozy here for you guys. What a great show we have, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into it, shall we? From deep underground in Staten Island's beer bunker slash virtual saloon, we're going to call it Fort Citra this week. And we are hunkered down, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of Three Beers In. It is the craft beer show, bringing you the latest beer news and unique craft beer reviews. I'm your host, Dom, and this is episode 168. We are doing Opportunity Brewing Company's Ocean Haze, a hazy IPA uh, coming out of Pennsylvania. On the can, they said where they're from specifically. Uh... Dallastown, Pennsylvania. Shout out to them. Hazy IPA is 6.7%, 13 IBU offering from them. And I'm pretty excited about it. But the big part, the big to-do about this show this week is I got to sit down and have an excellent phone interview with Rob Callahan, the founder and president of Brewery Strong, which is an initiative to support the craft beer community all over New Jersey And it's going to stretch beyond in these trying times with the COVID. Great interview with him. I'm so excited to put that up there, to put it up there for you guys to listen to. And I'm going to do that shortly. But it was a great interview. It went on great time. Oh, man, we're having a blast. We're having some great times talking about beer, talking about the industry, talking about business. You're going to hear about it. You're going to hear it on this show. But uh, to just get right, we're going to get right into it then with the hops of the week because I don't want to waste any time getting you to that interview. Good thing for us, uh, Opportunity put on their website uh, the hops that were used in their brew. And if you know anything about this show, you know that if they put the hops in there, I'm going to put it on on the Hop of the Week segment. Now, these guys did El Dorado in there too, but I think we just did El Dorado. Let me see. Did we just do El Dorado? Wait a minute. I'm going back here and I don't see El Dorado here. We'll have to add that into it. But the first thing we're going to do here is is announce that this beer has been brewed with Belma, El Dorado, and Denali hops. So I have up on the queue here, I have the Belma and the Denali. I'll have to bring up the uh, El Dorado in a second. But Belma, which we haven't heard of, uh, Belma are a hop that has been a recent addition from Hops Direct and the Porter Bois Farm in Yakima Valley. Uh, Belma has been tested uh, as a dual-use hop and found to have an ambrosial mix of orange, melon, strawberry, and pineapple with a slight hint of grapefruit. Backing that up, OSU created a pale malt with Belma, which carried those same aroma and flavor characteristics. Very interesting. Uh, to date, Belma has also seen plenty of activity in the recreational brewing space with many home brewers documenting uh, its use online in pale ales, IPAs, blonde ales, and more. Virtually all have given favorable. Uh, all have been given it uh, favorable marks. Released in 2012, so a pretty new one right there. Uh, so the purpose of this hop is for bittering and aroma, and its alpha acid composition is anywhere from 9.4 to 12.1. An interesting hop. I like the sounds of it, and I like what they have to offer. The next hop we have up here is the Denali hop, and this is coming from oh, the first the hop. The Belma was from Hoplist.com. This is from um, morebeer.com. 
And it's all about Denali, U.S. Denali. Uh, Sultana, a.k.a. Experimental Variety 06277 slash Denali. That's a mouthful. I don't know if that's a Sultana thing. Uh, called Nuggetzilla by some. This hop is rich in pineapple, citrus, and pine flavors. Though it can often come off as spicy as well. It can be used for bittering, flavor, or aroma. And it is sure to make an impact. Uh, these rich characteristics that makes it makes for an unmistakable beer. Try it in your next pale ale or IPA. Sit back and enjoy the results. Uh, the genetic origin of this hop is 50% nugget, 25% Zeus, and 25% USDA. Uh, 1905-8M. So the uh, alpha acid here is 13% to 15%. And forgive me, people, because I I've been... I've been drink. I drank a lot throughout the interview, so if I'm slurring or or slowing down, you guys know why. You you've been listening to the show. You know what it's all about. It's about the beer. El Dorado is also featured in here, in this particular beer, and I actually had El Dorado in the pale ale that I just had. Uh, was it? no no no. It was in the uh, it was in the first beer that I ever brewed. El Dorado hops are utilized for their high alpha bittering characteristics and best known for the sweet candy like aroma. Strong bittering and aromatic notes of cherry and mango complement everything from IPAs to pale ales and wheats. Grown in the Moxie Valley, a sub-region of Yakima Valley in Washington, and the characteristics here we have is 14 to 16% alpha acid. All right, so it's a pretty bitter hop in its own right. Um, the funny thing about this is I usually have, like, different beers before... I do the show beer. So I had my homebrew. I had some Kilban Kolsch. And then I uh, I cracked open some of the Ocean Haze, the uh, Hazy IPA we're having today. And what I'll do is I will write down the look, smell, taste, style, slash final thought in my in a notebook here. I have the notebook in front of me. And what I do is I will sit down with uh, one of these beers. I'll drink it out. I'll look at it, smell it, taste it, and write out what I feel. And then what I do is when I do the beer review... I uh, crack it open, pour it out, and I look at the notes, and then I also talk about, you know, what's happening in the moment. So what ends up happening is I compare my notes to the moment that I'm in talking about the beer to give a more well-rounded view of what's going on. So that being said, I didn't read the, um, the hop description before I wrote out all this stuff. And it was just so interesting to say that I to see that I smelt strawberries, and I thought I was wrong, right? When I was reading that one of these hops here gives off a strawberry-like aroma, I was like, I felt like kind of like uh, vindicated, so to speak, because I was just so kind of nervous that I was just so wrong about um, <laughs> about smelling the strawberries, you know, because I never smelt that before. Uh, with some of these uh, hazy IPAs or any IPA for that matter. I've never smelt strawberry, right? You know? I really hate to feel like I'm rushing this show along. I'm really not. Because we got a bit of an interview to, uh, to behold at the end of this. But the beer news is going to have uh, some... I got a whole bunch of emails from the people in the community trying to clarify what we talked about last week in terms of the color that we're getting out of the altogether IPAs that were uh, provided to me from the great Jersey Pete. So, so I got here from 
Frank out of Nutley, New Jersey. And he says here, and I, this is the first time I'm reading an email in a long time, but I asked the question and the question has been answered. He writes here, here is my two cents on the questions you posed about SRM and what happened with all the together, all with the all togethers. I can't answer if Brewers took liberty with all the all together release, but you're right that one version is West Coast and one is a Niapa, New England style IPA. That accounts for some of it with differences in yeast and hops. However, even various grains can shift slightly in SRM. So some of that is also differences in the suppliers of grain, different malts from different maltsters, different systems, uh, parenthesis, Maillard reaction, and parentheses, different fluctuation from the yeast and pH all impact the color. Love the show and can't wait to hear my name on the next episode. Thank you from Nutley, New Jersey. This does answer my question a little bit because it seems that <clears throat> even so much as where you get your malt from, the the love bond or L degree or whatever it is that you get from uh, those people are not going to give you an exact uh, number and you might get a different um, a different color when it comes to that. And there's always going to be different uh, colors when it comes to it does it the the malt does make an impact when it comes to the color of the beer, but not all malts are created equal, so to speak. So that does answer my question a little bit uh, in terms of what we got in in the uh, in the colors of these altogether IPAs. That's pretty much it for the beer news. There's not many articles that have been out right now for this past week, but I will say this: New York and New Jersey. They're gearing up for a reopening, right? And what that means is you're going to be able to go out to the tap rooms that are going to reopen and you need to patronize them right now. Whether they're still doing curbside pickup or just gearing up for a reopening with social distancing, it's very important that you find out your local brewery that is going to have a tap room open and you get to it. I know that you are ready to go. I know that you're rearing to go. You want to get out of the house. And we are inching closer to a reopening, which means that your local craft breweries are going to be open for business in terms of their tap rooms. Do not feel panicked. You can go there. They're going to make the right concessions to make sure everyone stays safe. They want you to stay safe and enjoy their product at the same time. Brewery strong here, people. Come on. You know, I've been, listen, you've been listening to the show for a while. My main thing is support Local craft breweries and local businesses. A local craft brewery is a local business. Get out there and do it. It's time to review a delicious craft beer, everybody. That's the sound of that music. And here we have... Now, it says here... uh, This is really interesting. It's an Irish-American craft um, brewery. Established in 2018, so it's a young one. And I really hope they're doing well. Uh, it says Slanty... Oh, no. Slauncher. Slauncher is how you pronounce that in Gaelic. So they're very, very Irish. Pour this bad boy out. It's a uh, hazy IPA, ladies and gentlemen. So I pour it out. A bit aggressive, about two fingers ahead there. Great aroma, 
a, a really fantastic aroma, if I may say. Uh, pretty good offering. You know, I've been searching for a juice bomb for a little while now, and I'm really glad to get it here. Um, so according to the website here, it says for the Ocean Hazy, uh, Hazy IPA, Ocean Haze, our latest in a series of hazy IPAs. Uh, these ales will be over-the-top hopped, juicy, tropical, and, of course, hazy. Uh, we'll have fun brewing with an ever-changing varietal of hops for drinking pleasure. Slauncha. The tasting notes here are soft, smooth body with ester aromas reminiscent of banana, aromas of berry, citrus, pine, melon, and pineapple. Um... What I like is they put that they uh, use two-row uh, malt, uh, wheat, uh, white wheat malt, oat, malt, oak malt, not oat, and flaked oats. <sighs> it's a bit of a tongue twister for someone who's been drinking all day. Using the Belma, Eldorado, and Denali hops, and they're using London Fog as the yeast. And it ends with an ABV of 6.7, an IBU of 13, uh, SRM color of 1.9, which it, it is pretty pale. And they have LL of 100%, which is lusciousness level. Cute. And then it says it goes here with fish, grilling, barbecuing, uh, steak, and flip-flops they have put down here. I don't think you should eat the flip-flops, but I think it's pretty interesting and cool that they said that it goes with the flip-flop. I developed the lisp right in the middle of that right there. Excuse me. All right, so uh, let's look at the look of the uh, beer here. It's still very pale. Again, quite hazy. I had two fingers ahead because I did a little bit more of an um, aggressive pour than I did before here. It's got some nice carbonation uh, bubbling up inside of it. Uh, and the look is pretty hazy. Um, it's not that mimosa colored juice bomb that you would think you're going to get. But it's pretty pale, pretty hazy. And the aromas that came out of the can when I was just trying to get the look of it. Uh, was pretty interesting. So we're going to go to the aromas right now. Again, I wrote not typical, and it's true. It's not very typical of your juice bombs or your New England style IPAs. Pineapple for sure. Slight dankness there. And I do smell strawberries. I, I wrote down here, I thought I smelt strawberries off the top which took me by surprise. And it's it's still a little bit surprising that you uh, smell strawberries here in the uh, in the aroma. But it's there. Melon. There's the melon. I guess berry. It is true what they wrote here with the berry. Citrusy, piney, yes. I guess that's the dankness. It's slightly dank. It's good. I mean, it is a good beer. The mouthfeel is actually quite quite good. I mean, it's a good, smooth beer. Um, we got melon and passion fruit. I taste a little bit of like a French vanilla flavor there. They don't list it in there, but maybe that's under the, rem the banana ester situation. Could be. That's my palate. Everyone's different. I mean, if they added lactose in here, I wouldn't be surprised because it does have that milky vanilla-y uh, flavor-ish. But it's not, it's not like overbearing at all. There's a, there's a spice bite to it. Very, very subtle, though, in terms of the spice bite. <clears throat> a very... Mm, a very mellow finish there. 
Is it a juice bomb? No. But... But it is quite tasty. There's kind of a candied sweetness in there. I think it's probably lactose or... It, it, it could be lactose and some and some cane sugar, maybe. I don't know. Whatever they did to try to smooth this out in terms of the mouthfeel, it's definitely noticeable, but it's not a buzzkill, so to speak. Um, in terms of the alcohol, ooh, there's no burn from the 6.7. There's no burn, but you could definitely feel the boozy presence, if that makes sense. Again, I'm getting like a milky... I'm getting like a... If you had... I'm going to attribute it to Honey Nut Cheerios. I think everyone's had Honey Nut Cheerios, right? Yeah, Honey Nut Cheerios, if you take a sip of the milk at the end, it's like that milky, sweet creaminess. Um, that's kind of present here, but it's very faint. I don't want you to think that it's a complete candied sweetness that's like off-putting or, or disgusting. Got great burps, though. I'll say that. Whoa. I, I, I take a lot of pride in good burps of a beer, and this has got great burps. Mm. This actually, they said it goes good with fish, grilling, uh, steak, and flip-flops. I would love, to if I was sitting at a beach right now, to be cracking open these bad boys ice cold because it's, it's pretty darn good. Let's move on to the style and the final thought, and I'll give it a score as well. So, oh, I lost my pen. Oh, here it is. I think it's a fairly uh, decent approach, honestly. Uh, there's really great burps in the flavor. Great burps. It's pause. Period. Also very great flavor. Maybe let me let me flip that. It's great flavor that brings you great burps, okay? I don't want to make it seem like the beer shines with burps, which does happen. Okay, we've talked about it before here. There are beers that have better burps than flavor. Again, it's not a juice bomb, though, right? You, but I will say this. They don't market themselves as a juice bomb, right? It does a great job of what it's offering here. It's saying that it's a juicy, hazy IPA, and that is rem and, and it is true. It rings true to what they're bringing forward here. So it's pretty delicious, straightforward beer. I really like their offering here. It makes me interested in what maybe more they have. I do like the fact that they listed what they uh, used in the ingredients, uh, especially using uh, these hops, Belma and Denali, which for a lot of these hazy IPAs or these uh, juice bombs, you don't really see that. You see a lot of Citra in there. You see a lot of maybe Mosaic or so. Um, but like, let's, let's look at Sloop, right? Sloop out of New York. They have a beer called Juice Bomb. And guess what? It's not a juice bomb. I've had it, and it ain't a fucking juice bomb. All right, so I'm still I'm still searching for that bomb, so to speak, in terms of a juice bomb. Uh, but this is pretty darn good. Uh, I want to give it a fair score, and I'm gonna say seven point two. And that is a good score. That's a that's a good beer drinker's score. That's not over the top. It's not giving it more than it's due. I think seven point two is fair when it comes to this beer a great offering and again like i said i would be excited to try more beers from this brewery because this is pretty darn tasty um for what they got going on here maybe they weren't going for a juice bomb to be honest it's just just here hazy ipa it is a little juicy it's a little tropical so they hit all those marks right 
But I wish there was a bit more of a punch when it came to the flavor, especially in the pineapple department and maybe a little bit of a grapefruit. The bitterness here is very low, which they did indicate that it was. So bravo to them. But to me, to my palate, I wish there maybe was a little bit more bitterness. You know what I mean? All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we have Rob Callahan, sales manager of Tuckahoe Brewing Company and founder of the Brewery Strong Initiative, Brewery Strong. Wonderful, wonderful initiative here. Uh, Rob, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well, drinking a beer, having a beer with you, which is really fantastic. What are you drinking right now? I'm drinking our New England IPA that was meant for Atlantic City Beer Fest, uh, which got canceled, and it's called Funny Colored Balls. Funny Colored Balls, that's pretty I like I like the name and I also like the label. I saw it on the Facebook earlier today, and I think that's really it's kind cool. Of, it's kind of funny when somebody calls and asks and says, "Do you have funny colored balls?" And I'm like, oh. <laughs> "Great, that's great." So let's start off by giving us a, a little bit of your background in beer. Like, where did you get your start in this fantastic business of ours that is craft beer? So, a little over six years ago, I was uh, actually a Lancer Bear, uh, Lancer Bear slash home brewer, and uh, it, it, this was uh, post-Sandy, and I had just about had enough, you know, with the survey industry, yeah, spending a lot of days outside, and just all the new bullshit rules, so I kind of was not happy at, at my job, stressed out to the max, and just left, done, and uh, my wife was like, what are you going to do now, and I was like, I have no clue, I don't really have a plan. So I actually had just started uh, bartending at Pinelands Brewery in Tuckerton uh, one day a week. So it's kind of started adding days to my shift and, you know, they, yeah, they started giving me more shifts. So now let me ask you, oh, helping brew. So I was going to ask you this question. When was your moment that you realized craft brew was your journey like what was your first experience with craft brew for a lot of for me i'm just going to give you a little background it was it was boston lager from sam adams that was my first right. one was it was it similar for you or, or how long have you been a fan of craft beer so yeah i was a craft uh, fan of craft beer before i like i think my aha aha moment was like when um i drank my first like really cool dogfish oh yeah dogfish yeah, yeah definitely and it just was like, wow. And I was like, I think it's like so many cool things you can do. And like, I just thought it was so cool that they were, yeah, different than everybody else. And I was, yeah, I started tr- trying all, all their stuff and I just really got into craft beer. And now, so your journey has gotten you here to Tuckahoe, which is uh, r- about 20 minutes outside Atlantic City. Uh, so yeah. we featured Tuckahoe way back in early 27 and we had the now defunct. Dennis Creek Pale Ale, which which was met with praise. Now, since those yeah. days, Tuckahoe looks to have grown substantially. And, and we had talked about it earlier before we started the interview. The labels are a lot different. So for those of you that have been listening since back in the day, you will know that, the, that uh, Tuckahoe had pretty basic labeling and stuff like that. And now you said you had a big role in that. So what, what has been your role in where we see Tuckahoe today and moving forward as well? So... The label, the label part. Like when we got here and we started canning, yeah, we talked about labels and, and yeah, 
I let it be known that I didn't think that they were very exciting labels and they had tried to change a couple and watching the process was painful. So one, one night in the, when I was uh, bartending here, uh, started talking to a guy and I had seen him before and I was like, man, I really recognize him. And then we got to talking, I found out that he lived around a corner from me. He had oh. artwork that we display on the wall here and we got to talking and he was like, yeah, my dream to, do a beer label. I said, well, I think that I can help you with that. Nice. So we started talking about a label and I just said, let's just get started. You and I get started on it. And I brought it to him. So we used to have uh, a beer called Reed's Bay IPA and it was one beer that didn't share yeast anymore. So we we made a change to that beer because I felt like it was losing its luster and, uh, so they developed, the brewers developed uh, the new old school IPA, which is our, our number one seller now. And uh, Mike came up with a cool thing with a, a hoptopus. Yeah, just ideas we threw out out of my head and he puts them on paper and it's just amazing yeah, you how know, he can interpret what I tell him. I was actually looking at some of the labels and uh, the uh, the funny color balls one was, was great. And and the, the octopus octopus thing, actually, that's the one that caught my eye right off the bat. I thought it was really, really neat and really cool. So uh, when it comes to your role with the brewery, what what do you do? Because we, we've spoken to brewers before. We've spoken to to people who, who work the tap rooms. What What is your role there and, 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 and what you bring to the table for the uh, for Tuckahoe? Uh, so my biggest role is to go out and make sure our beer gets sold. So we, we have we use distributors. We don't we don't self-distribute. Uh, so my role is basically to go to accounts and you know, each distributor's area and, you know, give my, give samples out to, you know, clients and, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, basically talk about Tuggahoe beer and, you know, I can make direct sales and I just tell my distributor, Hey, I made a sale. And then they put the order in for me. Sweet. Um, being the size we are, we're like in that transition period where, we're getting bigger, but we have a small amount of people. So we use, we do a lot of roles. So I do once in a while work in a taste room, obviously not now. Uh, and I, I do all the label ordering. I order all the cans. Uh, we talk to the brewers, you know, about beers that they want to make and set up a schedule. I do, I do a quarterly counter every month, right? You know, every three months for all the distributors. And I get our uh, counter price list, the CPL, what we call it. And I get that out to each distributor at the beginning, a month ahead of time. So like, I have to do one coming up for July. Good, good. Great to hear. Now, let me ask you, now this could be a, uh, this could be a little bit of a scandalous question, but it's, it's, it's not that bad. What's your favorite Tuckahoe beer right now? Besides all of them. Actually, my favorite, my Favorite Tuckahoe beer right now is a beer that we just canned on Thursday for the first time. We've made it in draft before. It's called Damn the Torpedoes IPA. So it's a session. It's a little bit higher. It's 5.2%. Okay. But it's, it's hazy for a session, and it's um, got a nice grapefruit taste with a little pine finish. That it's, it's easy to kill. You're after my heart. You're after my heart when I hear stuff like that. So a great... Uh, some of the best news that we're hearing lately is that breweries are prepping to open up their tap rooms and stuff. Can you give me some details on what's in store for Tuckahoe on that front as we start to reopen? Like, how are we gearing up for it, and what's what's the vision for the future here? 
Well, over this whole time, we've gotten to clean up a lot around here, which is nice. Um, the New Jersey Brewers Association is working with the state for extension of premises, a.k.a. outside areas. Yeah. So behind our brewery, we started cleaning up an area back there where we'll put some tables and some stools so that we can get a few more people. We're fortunate enough that we can put that back there. But as we open up where we're going to let people inside, we have plenty of space to, a.k.a. social distance, because we can take a bunch of tables out. But we can utilize our brewery as well, because we have 10,000 square feet, and a lot of it is just empty space maybe for storage and stuff like that. That's good to hear that 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 things are they're, they're, are working well there for you guys to get the show on the road, so to speak, in terms of get that tap room up and get people back in business with the beer. So a great part yeah, about oh yeah, go I ahead. Can't wait. Yeah, I really I can't wait. I mean, this is it's it's depressing some days when you sit in the tasting room and there's, there's nobody here. And I, I feel like putting a keg with my handprint and put a you know two eyes and a smiley face like Castaway and just sit here <laughs> talking to the keg. Call him, call him corny, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest with you, Rob. You know, now that you're saying that, I mean, this, you know, I, I've been saying it on the podcast for a while. You don't know what you have till it's gone. And I've been saying that I've always wanted to go to breweries and different tap rooms and stuff like that. And I always put it off, put it off, put it off. But I'm telling you right now, and I know that the craft beer fans of the world, because I, I talk to them all every week and, and they talk to me every week they're rearing to get back in there. And then those that have been putting it off. They're just, they're, they're, they're ready to go. Oh yeah. So it's going to come back I strong. People, I think people are chomping at the bit and I feel that you'll, you'll find some people that are afraid to come back into the brewery and you'll find people that are like, I just want to get back and belly up to the bar. You know, it's true, man. The, the feeling of the community, so to speak. Um, yeah. So a great part about being in Staten Island, believe it or not, uh, is that I am so close to the awesome Jersey craft beer scene because it is absolutely fantastic. And there's been quite a buzz coming out of Jersey, hitting the boroughs in New York City about Brewery Strong. Now tell us what inspired you to launch this initiative and what it's all about. Well, I'll give you my, uh, I'm a movie freak, so I'll give you my Jerry Maguire. It was just a mission statement. Nice. Uh, happened to be going on a Facebook Live with South Jersey beer scene. John's a good friend of mine for years, and um, was getting ready to walk upstairs to go to the office. And it was the end of ABC World News tonight. So I, I pretty much watch every news entity so I can make my own decisions. Yeah. Uh, but it's the one newscast that ends with something positive in America Strong. And that night just happened to resonate with me, and I was like, wow. So my way up the stairs, I'm like, very strong, very strong. And I'm like, I'm going to start using that hashtag. And we started using it. And literally when I got done, I called John and said, hey, I think I want to do something to help people. And we'll call it Brewery Strong. I said, I'll get back to you. So I went to my label artist, Mike Bell, and told him what I wanted to do. And he came up with such a great logo. They gave me three choices. And the current one is what we picked. And we just roll with it. Like, I mean, I got done, that was done in like three days. And so then I said, maybe we should get Alexis who works for us for the New Jersey Brewers Association. So she, she agreed to 
jump on board and she did a lot of the, like filing and paperwork for for me and everything and uh we started and once we launched i mean it's been a month and a day we've raised over thirty thousand dollars wow that's great uh we've donated we gave grants to 47 people fantastic uh, last week we sent out 47 checks uh, and the response is amazing like it just hits your heart pretty good that when you like i got a few emails this week thank you so much for what you're doing and yeah listen i talk a lot it's my job yeah that's why i that's why i'm a sales manager and uh <laughs> thank god i've met so many people that you know that i like or they like me and they believe in what in what we did and they felt like we had a good team and it was great to see the new jersey brewing community step up and say hey we're going to start sending our all together ipa collaboration profits to you guys that's and great. i tell you in the beginning, I would get choked up so much just because, and I don't know why, because I'm, yeah, I can be a dick, but <laughs> yeah, I, for some reason, it just hits me in the heart. And that's, I think it's because I bartended for so long as well. Yeah. Like I always, even when I was serving, I had a bartending job. So like I knew so many people in that community and it just felt like the right thing. And just seeing the responses and seeing the responses of all those breweries in New Jersey, like I know that I did the right thing. That's right. And it's going to say, you know, when you, when you go out there in the world, uh, Rob Callahan, he may be a dick, but he's got a heart of gold. <laughs> so that's really fantastic. Uh, so let me ask you this because, you know, we had p- touched upon it before, you know, you're in, uh, you're talking with the state, the New Jersey uh, Brewers Association talking with the state about how to reopen and reopen safely. Cause you know, people, are are going to want to be safe, but you know there are people like you said before rearing to go. So, what type of role do you envision Brewery Strong having in the post-pandemic world? Uh, how do you, how does Brewery Strong factor into the craft beer comeback that is going to happen? I know for sure. Well, I felt like it has brought us all closer together, and I feel like post-pandemic, yeah, like our immediate action is to help people in need. Yeah. I mean, a bartender that was working five days a week in a bar that supports craft beer, his tips are going to still not be that great because he's looking at 25% capacity. Yeah. And who knows when our governor will open up to 50% capacity. Cause I mean, his timeline, yeah, data determines date. That's his big thing. Yeah. Well, Here's yeah. some data. There's people suffering right now, dude. And, you know, I keep seeing the numbers going down, but no action by them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think um, when we when we set it up, like what we wrote in our bylaws was that it's to a have like hold seminars to educate people in New Jersey, like some of the New Jersey brewers on things dealing with brewing. Uh, we're going to set up a scholarship. We've already set some money aside to a scholarship so that brewers or people that work at a brewery who want to go to brewing school or whatever can apply for a scholarship. That's so great, man. And we think that that's important because, you know, coming from a guy who was a man surveyor and I had to keep going to seminars and earning certificates for certain things. And I feel it's important to maybe taken serious because that means you are, he's, get some a brewing certificate 
you're, you, that means you know your craft. That's great, man. Yeah, and I think that that's important for our whole industry. The fact that you're going to be able to develop opportunities for people post-pandemic, I think is just so important and so incredible. Now, you have seen so much steam coming uh, through the pike here, you know, with, with the support that you're getting for Brewery Strong. Um, my concern was like, you know, I hope it doesn't run its course. And the fact that you're telling me that this is the start of something, it's not the end of something, it's the start of something. That yeah, is, this just- is, this is definitely, I, I haven't even scratched the surface yet. I mean, I'm, if I put my mind in something, I'll, I will accomplish my goal. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, I'm, I'm probably one of the older people in the craft room. I'm 50 and, you know, like I, I started, I had to like, reinvent myself at 40 yeah yeah man and i did and i think that's done pretty well and yeah who knows maybe maybe next i should run for congress there you go dude you're gonna go into the legislate all of uh brewer about uh, uh, you know craft beer legislation bring it to the forefront argue for craft beer even if it's just about sanitation on the floor who cares yeah. i just want you to go I up mean, there and pound your fist on the table and say why are there not more pilsners in the world and that's the end of it right there that'd be perfect well my thing is I have a nickname. They call me Fun Bobby because I I just like to have fun. I I, I can sit there and drink all night and shoot the shit. Uh, and I said that's something to write. Fun Bobby 2022. And when they ask me what party am I affiliated with, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not even an Independent. I come from the craft beer party. That is, listen. If we could somehow found a political party. Just uh, around craft beer. Let me be the uh, the propaganda arm of it, the hopaganda arm of it. Okay, I love it. Where I tell everyone that craft. That's been my message ever since I started the show. Is that craft beer is very important and craft beer is fantastic. And and I really can't thank you enough for coming on the show and uh, and talking about it. And the fact that Brewery Strong has a future is just really really fantastic. Now I'm going to be blasting out Brewery Strong in perpetuity. You can count on that. Sure. Okay, but coming from the man himself, listen, I've my whole thing being on this show, Rob, has been telling people to support your local craft brewery, homebrew your beer, just enjoy this niche that we have because it's so special and it's a great close community. It really is. Yeah, so coming from the man himself, the people that I've met, oh, yeah, over the years through this are close friends now, and it just it's just a good bunch of people. It really is. And we all have the same common goal to make good beer and drink good beer. You know, that's what it's all about. Can you tell our listeners of this show where to find your campaign and, and, and the best way to, to get to it, the social media, everything you, anything you want to say about your campaign, just blast it out right now for everyone to hear. So you can go on Facebook and look for our page at you know, brewery strong. Uh, also, we're also on Instagram and Twitter. And you can go to our we have a website, the www.brewerystrong.org. Uh, on there, you can a either make a donation, b you can get it'll take you to our online store. You can buy merchandise or t-shirts and stuff. And or you know, or if you're somebody who lives in New Jersey and you need help, you can apply for a grant. Wow! Because it's, our grant process is too. We're getting ready to uh, look at our list for round two next week. You know, Rob, before I hit you with the last question, I just want to say I, I became uh, aware of Brewery Strong from uh, Jersey Pete Sullivan, cousin, my cousin and a great, great man in terms of uh, the craft beer scene. He, he has a personal mission to visit every craft brewery in New Jersey. 
It's a it's a tall order, but he's doing it. And now like he was slowed I down. I love that. It's really fantastic. He was slowed down by the COVID, but I know when this thing is over, he's gonna hit out. He's gonna go out there with a full head of steam. And my thing is he gave me he gifted to me a, a care package of beer, and he also gifted to me uh, a brewery strong shirt and sticker. And because of that, uh, you know, I don't I can't buy it for myself. I am gonna do the same thing. I am going to buy a shirt and a sticker and I'm going to pay it forward to someone else, and then I want that word to be spread. That's why I wanted to bring you on the podcast. That's why I wanted the world to know what Brewery Strong is all about and that this that we have a future with it. Yeah. I mean, it's important. And, you know, one thing I, I would say is I need more people from up north. I mean, there, I yeah. know there's a concentration of places that I don't even hit because I don't go up that far. But I would like more people from North Jersey to apply for grants. We're going to, yeah. we're going to get the word out for you. That's This is what I'm, this is why I got you on here because it, it is important that people hear about this because, you know, the altogether IPA, that's fantastic. It's great. It go, uh, some of the proceeds go to the hospitality industry, but this is, this is more about the craft beer community. And I think yeah. that's so important right now because especially since it's or it was already in a bind going up against big beer and going up against big beer making those hard seltzers and everything like that so it's important that we all come together stronger together yeah one last question it's super rob important. go ahead no I no tell you. Yeah. no go ahead no, what you're good guys. <laughs> it's important to that we, we do come together. Like we've talked about doing our own collaboration as well, as far as, you know, just like all together where it have the brewery strong logo and you can do what you, what you want with it on the side, just focus more in New Jersey. I mean, honestly, there's big people from other States that reach out to us and like we've trademarked the logo and like we want, yeah, we've talked about this could go national. and like, just like, when, when am I going to find a time to do all that? Yeah. Listen, man, I, you said if you put your mind to it, you're going to do it, and I have all the confidence in you that you could do it. This could be national. You know it can be. There's nothing like yeah. this. I mean, this is really something special that you have here. And and this, the, the thing that rings true about this is that the people who are really into craft beer, now, I mean, there are some outliers in there that are like, oh, yeah, I'll have a Lagunitas here or there, whatever. But right. the true, true spirit of craft brewing you know, and and micro brewing and is supporting your local craft breweries, that can't be denied. And that is a nationwide feeling. That is a nationwide movement. So it can happen. I, I know, I listen, I, I'm not in your shoes, so I can't say go ahead and do it, but just know that the support is there. That's, all, that's great to know. I mean, listen, I'm still pissed because David Muir hasn't even, I tag him in almost every post and he hasn't even gotten back to me. Yeah. He's the inspiration for all this damn thing, you know? Just keep, just keep plugging along, man. That's what, that's what I had done when I was, uh, when I hit up the uh, Instagram, they said they forward me your email and I was like, I gotta, I gotta hit this guy up. You gotta, just gotta hit the ground running. But I'm telling you, you got something here that's going to be national for sure. Yeah. So one last question. Bad. So this is what is the beer style that you can't get enough of right now? Okay, I know that the New England style IPAs I call them <laughs> Niapas on the show. Is that yeah. is that what you're gearing toward right now, or is there is there something else that's in your wheelhouse? What's up? Uh, I mean I drink them all the time. 
that's our big thing. The juice. Everybody wants the juice. The juice. And, that's uh, right. But like, I feel like we've lost styles. Yeah, like the pale ales. Like we made a couple of pale. Like our brew staff is awesome. I mean, Andrew and and Corey, who actually is from Pinelands as well, which is ironic. So like, we have two brewers back here. They work so well together, and they made some cool stuff. Yeah, you know, Andrew is a fan of West Coast IPAs. Like, I think they need to come back. Yeah, I like myself a good West Coast, but like I think like the pale ale, like. Yeah, there's there's a fine line of the true pale ale, or now we got the hazy. Like we just made a hazy pale ale called Mr. Jingles. <laughs> uh, that's the little mouse. That's the mouse from the Green Mile. If, you, if nobody knows that, um, but they also made a classic. Like uh, it's called Splitting Aces. So it's more towards the, like the Sierra Nevada pale ale, but it's hopped with mosaic hops, and it's awesome. I yeah. love it. I like a good. Whenever I can get my hands on a homebrewed uh, Sierra Nevada clone. Of that pale ale, uh, it, it's really good. I, that's the next thing that I'm going to brew. I have a Hefeweizen that's ready to be bottled soon, and then that's my next my next step is to do that clone there. I keep saying I want to get get back and brew, but I just haven't. Like, you can't, haven't... Rob. You don't have the time. You have to get Brewery Strong <laughs> National. Okay, you're a you, hey, listen, you may be a dick, but you have a heart of gold, and you gotta you gotta do it. I still have the time to go out, you know, go to my buddy's house and drink too much beer like I did last night. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. Still, yeah, listen, this this pandemic thing is going to end and then you're going to you, we need you. That's the thing. I have the luxury of sitting in my basement. I call it the underground beer bunker, but nonetheless, I have the luxury of sitting down here and enjoying the fruits of your labor. So, once this thing ends, I need you to hit the ground running. I need you to get this thing national so I could blast the word out there and get people in on Brewery Strong and enjoy it. This is our community, you know, and we need those people that are out there willing to do that legwork to do it. I mean, I'm just a home brewer, you know. I'm not. I'm not going to sit there. We need. We need everybody to get out there and do it. I mean, listen. Yeah, man. There's too much hate in the world now, and it's it's, oh, it's yeah. gross. Like, I'm just like, my God. Like, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, do I do I really want to run for politics? But here's the thing: there's so many sayers out there, and there's so many people that complain about. Well, my my challenge to people like that or myself is if you're so sick of it then do something about it hey, run, run for all you know like listen they'll probably say a lot of nasty shit about me but i don't really give a shit that's right yeah they can say all they want because yeah, yeah you got the heart of gold has made it our president has made it easier and easier to be elected no matter what you do or say the, the man yeah. is a pageantry owner okay and he's the president of the united states a man yeah. who's who who puts his heart and soul into craft beer and bringing people together through Brewery Strong, there's no way you could be stopped. That is my opinion of it. But wait a minute, you didn't yeah, answer. Wait, you didn't answer the question. What's the beer style you can't get enough of right now? You said that uh, the Niapas, the New England style IPAs, are the craze. But what's your thing right now? What's your go-to right now? Especially now that the weather's getting warmer. My go-to has been pale ales. I actually, that's funny. I, and as I say that, as I picked up Sierra Nevada the other day. Is, you know, even as big as they are, but they went back to their very first label. They put out a special release bottle with the old labels, and I'm like, oh, I gotta get myself some of that. Now, didn't they do like a 40 year or some sort of uh, celebratory ale? They did. That's not the same thing, though, right? You're, you're... No, it's not the same thing. Listen, Sierra, Sierra's a classic, man. Yeah, they are, it's, man. And it's 
that's what pale ales used to be. And then all of a sudden, I mean, honestly, if you look at a hazy pale ale, is it really not a hazy, is it really not a New England IPA? Yeah, I mean, listen, that very there, similar. there's that fine line there of like what what is New England, what is the what is a juice bomb, what's this, that, and the third. It's it's really really uh, difficult right now to figure out what's what in terms of uh, those those distinctions of beers. It's like if it's a little bit hazy, then boom, it's a New England style IPA. But if it's not juicy enough, what what are we talking about here? Yeah, if it's not juicy enough. What is it? Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. No, not a problem. I just I got a phone call the same time you did. So, uh, yeah. So you're 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 going for the pale ales right now. I think that's fantastic. I'm on a because uh, I do notice that people go on kicks. I happen to be on a Hefeweizen kick. I'm trying to go out there and get as many as I can. Though they're just not yeah. widely available right now. But nonetheless, that is my that is my kick right now. So, Rob, uh, b- uh, before we part ways, I want you to take this opportunity. You have the floor. You could say anything you want to anybody, uh, friends, family, anyone you want. Just what? what's your sign-off here? Let, let the people hear the voice of Rob Gallagher. I just want everybody to know that, yeah, no matter what, there's a lot of people hurting out there. There's a lot of hatred. Yeah, I hear hatred for, oh, these people get to sit home and they get extra money. Well, you know what? Be happy that you're going to work. And be kind to the person no matter what. Like, here's, here's the deal. You don't know if what's going on in somebody else's life. You, yeah, it's a tough time, and just pay it forward, man. Yeah, it, 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 it's rewarding. That's what I will say. Just pay it forward, to everybody. It's very rewarding, and it'll make you happy. All right, Rob, Rob Callahan of uh, Tuckahoe Brewing and Brewery Strong, the founder and president of Brewery Strong. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Your message is so important, and what you're doing is so important. I need you to know that. I need you to keep going and doing it. Thank you so much for talking to us, and and uh, be safe. And I cannot wait for the reopen, and I can't wait to get down to South Jersey from Staten Island. It's not that far from me. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. Buck 40, I'll be down there, and I can have a beer with you, sir. We, we need to share a beer, definitely. We will, sir. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to talk with us, man. Thanks for having me, and you'll you'll hear from me again. Thanks, bro. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to this interview. And remember, hashtag brewery strong. I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Three Beers In. I appreciate each and every one of you and everything you do for craft beer and beyond. Thank you for listening. I'm going to catch you guys next week. Remember, Brewery Strong, go get some of their merch. Pay it forward, ladies and gentlemen. Love you guys. I'm going to catch you next week. Take care, everybody.